are listening to Inside North Central Massachusetts, powered by the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce. Welcome to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. I'm Travis Condon, and today I'm joined by Kat Deal, the Events and Programs Manager here at the Chamber, along with Lauren Howe, owner of Empowered PR, and Matt Majakis, the owner of Central Mass Productions. How is everyone? Good morning. Yay, good morning. Good to be here. So the first question I want to ask, uh, you both have been very successful for companies uh, within your respective fields, but was there one moment or event that made you say, yep, you know, I'm done, ready to strike it out on my own, uh, this is the time to break away? Uh, Matt, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, well, so uh, maybe a little bit different from Lauren's experience, um, what I do f- for a living now was a side hustle for a very long time. So what did you do beforehand full-time? So I worked in radio. Um, I worked in t- uh, uh, the ad sales department at a couple of different radio stations between Worcester and Boston. Um, I did TV for a little while, and then for six years, up until 2020, I was the senior accounts manager for the Worcester Business Journal. Um, and so advertising sales was just that big boy job I had to have out of college, but my passion was being a wedding DJ, which was something I did when I was in college. Long story short, it was a side hustle, and the moment for me was 2019 when you sit down with the accountant and you go, I made more money with my side hustle than I did my full-time job. That's when the side hustle is no more side hustle. It's not a side hustle, (laughs) and I I think it hit me. Um, I was sitting having dinner with my wife, and I said, I don't want to be 55 and look back on 35 and regret it. Mm. And that was the aha moment where... It's sink or swim. Let's do this, and and you have to hit that moment of and if I fall flat on my face, right? That career that I built for the last twelve years is still going to be there. Mm-hmm. It didn't go away. I didn't mm-hmm. forget all of that, and so took the plunge. Just took the plunge in the worst possible month of the worst possible year. Um, but in hindsight, wouldn't have done it differently. So, mm-hmm. Lauren, what about you? Yeah, so I actually worked in corporate America for about 20 years or so, and I traveled a lot, and I missed a lot at home. I missed seeing my kids growing up, and I, you know, missed a lot of things at home. So one of the things that was sort of life-changing for me was when I was diagnosed with melanoma in 2017 and then had another cancer scare in 2018, and I, I realized that life's too short. And that, you know, it's important to remember the little things and, and to be there and be at home. And I was exhausted. I was exhausted with the travel. So I sat down with my husband and met with a financial advisor. And we went on a journey of um, trying to see how I can open my own business. And so we um, worked on a business plan together and made sure that we had finances in order. And I gave my notice in corporate America and just quit my job to start my own business, um, similar to Matt in the worst possible month in the worst possible year. So I quit my job in January, late January of 2020. Um, I took some time off thinking I just need to decompress before I start this journey, go on a couple of trips with my daughter, really get that quality time back. Uh, filed for my LLC the first week of March, and three days later, <laughs> just like I want to hug you right now because I can so relate to exactly what you're talking about. Three days later, the state shut down, yeah. um, and it was terrifying to be honest because I had a career and I had an income and I had all of these things um, that provided my family with stability and comfort that we didn't have in a very stressful and unstable time in everyone's lives. 
Now, it's tough starting a business in a normal climate. And you both mentioned, you know, the worst possible moment was when <laughs> really? you both decided to take that plunge. Literally. Did you have like an instant regret or did you think, you know, did I make the wrong decision? Oh, yeah, that moment. I mean, of- I, I can only speak for myself. I mean, so in my in my situation, right, um, my wife is a stay-at-home mom. She's a preschool teacher by trade. We have a six at the time, five and a one-year-old at home. Um, and you make that decision and, and sure, you watch 85% of your social gatherings business get erased with the snap of a finger. And in the moment, it is this sinking, oh my God, what am I going to do feeling? Um, but you learn how tight your village is. You, you learn what you're made out of, right? Uh, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, you go down the line. And yes, it's this kind of doomsday feel, of course. I mean, it's a pandemic. Yeah. Of course, it's doomsday feel. And now here we are, uh, you know, a full year and a half later, white knuckling our way to a record year of revenue. Okay, so sure, yep. You know, you, you second guess yourself in the moment, but now I wouldn't, I wouldn't have changed it for the world. And, you know, when you're talking about not only, it's not that you started a business, because you already had a business. Right. Like you already had your business and you already had a, a complete, you know, you had clientele, you had events yep. lined up. So you didn't just go from, I've not done this before to I'm going to do it in a pandemic. No. You'd already had a history. Right. I mean, so, I, I had a nine to five ad sales job. And then every Friday, Saturday and Sunday, it seemed I was out either DJing a wedding or during the week hosting a trivia night. Um, we built a, a, a trivia business that was the second largest of its kind in New England. So it wasn't, I mean, I can't, that's where Lauren and I can't relate. I mean, mm-hmm. she's like getting the paperwork done to even establish the business, right? She has all the experience in it, but um, two very different things, right? I mean, I had something built yeah. that I was just making it. I, I, I didn't have the bandwidth to do both things anymore. It was driving, driving me crazy, driving my wife crazy. Um, in Lauren's case, right? I mean, probably even I, I mean, I'm not going to speak for you, but mm-hmm. you that that plunge moment of now I have a limited liability corporation with a separate tax number attached to it, right? To have that be at zero, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. then it, you you were climbing a mountain to begin with, right? Yeah. And so yeah. And for you, Lauren, you know, it's interesting because Empowered PR is a PR firm. Mm-hmm. And you are now starting a PR firm during a pandemic. There's almost got to be a silver lining in that, that there's a lot of crisis management. There's a lot of companies looking and facing issues that they never thought they had to face before. Did that in any way play to your side? You know, Kat, it's interesting because I thought, honestly, that it would. But what I found is that because I had such a delay in my business, so I couldn't establish myself until I had an LLC. I didn't get an LLC until spring. So I, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, I apply on a Friday, I get it the next week. The state shut down. So I couldn't get a bank account. I couldn't do anything because I need that LLC documentation. Right. I couldn't get insurance. Right. Um, so I was really at a standstill. I had nothing for, for months. Um, and, you know, I, I want to give kudos to the chamber here, too, because, you know, I reached out and I said, you know, I'd love to do something to help to help members and and provide 
guidance. Um, you know, just as someone who has crisis experience, and you know, I did a little brief article for for members just on how to navigate communication during COVID because it was really tight and it was really difficult. So, you know, to have to take a step back, but also really take a step back and say, to to your point earlier in, in the original question, yeah, I doubted myself. I really did. There were days where. My biggest decision was when do I change out of my morning leggings to my evening leggings and <laughs> what kind of coffee do I want for breakfast? So to go from having a very high stress, high power corporate America job to that in and of itself was tough. Um, being separated from my loved ones was very tough and having this uncertainty of not only a pandemic, but really of our livelihood as a family was tough and to give credit where credit's due i mean he talked about matt talked about a village i had a village i mean i had people that were what can we do to help you how can we share news about what you're doing um you know i have someone that might be interested um you know all of that made me get on that launching board as to getting started and really believing that you know what i do have value here um but you know to your to your point cat with the crisis, by the time I got started, people were already sort of responding at that point. So my work now is really associated with helping businesses rebrand themselves post-crisis. So what did they do in response to the crisis with the community, with their employees, with their overall business strategy in the marketplace? And how can we now pivot that into refreshing a brand that not only serves as a strong social aspect or best practice for a corporate social responsibility program for this company, but more so, you know, how do they want to define themselves in the marketplace moving forward from a pandemic? We all survived the pandemic, right? Not only from like a physical perspective, but from a business perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Matt's here, God, you know, God willing, I'm still here, we're all here. We're all sustaining ourselves, but I'm very cognizant of the fact that some businesses didn't make it. And, you know, I'm, I'm super proud of Matt, you know, I'm I'm proud of myself for really fighting through that, but it was it was hard. To, um, to your point there, Lauren, though, right? So, okay, get dealt the pandemic hand. Okay, you have two options at the, at that point. Well, here's what I can't do: I can't operate this business at all. But what can I do? <laughs> right? That's what you did. Mm-hmm. I'm going to reach out to the chamber. I'm going to I'm going. You know uh, what I did. Um, I called it Friday night uplights. I had bought brand new uplights that I had rented on 30 weddings that year, whatever the heck it was, and they were just sitting there gathering dust. It's like, well, throw the kids in the car, let's go over to St. Bernard's High School and throw some lights up on the high school and just, I don't know, literally shine a bright light. Like, just do what you got to do to to stay sane almost. And I was doing it for free. It wasn't like I was making any money doing it. Mm-hmm. It's the adaptation, right? It's the It's the willingness to... Go outside that comfort zone, and and persevere through an unprecedented situation. I mean, that's a lot of people in my industry used it as an excuse to you know, you know, fold up and sell all their stuff on Facebook Marketplace because oh well, you know, I, I was only going to DJ five weddings this year anyway, and it wasn't what I was really passionate about. So, you know, the businesses like Lauren's look at you know the situation at hand and you adapt. The adaptation 
separates the people who survive and the people who don't. Right. Pivot was definitely the word of 2020. Pivot. Pivot, yeah. And, and I want to talk a little bit more about that pivoting. So for you, where so much of your events are based on face-to-face -face interactions, yes. um, people without masks, people dancing, people drinking, mm -hmm. how do you pivot when you're a live entertainment company? You know, what were you able to do yeah. during the pandemic besides doing that bright lights that you did over at the high school? So what? So what we, we, um, we use the term hybrid event now. Um, I think it's not going anywhere. I think that, um, call it a silver lining, but something I think is a bit of a negative is people a little bit too comfortable in their PJs on Zoom. Um, but I'll just give you an example. We had a bride and groom that was, uh, they were getting married at Apple Hill Farm here in Lemonster. And the bride was originally from Tampa, Florida. And what was supposed to be a 200 person in-person wedding was now 25 people with masks on in the ballroom just a ceremony because they weren't allowed to have a dance floor so they reached out to us um, we rolled up our sleeves we um, did a lot of self-educating on live streaming platforms and live streaming cameras etc and we actually charged twice as much as we normally would to provide audio for someone's ceremony because we have to bring cameras and lighting and all the extra stuff and her uh, 40 or 50 guests in Tampa, Florida were able to watch her wedding ceremony on Zoom, right? And for us, the small business that we are, that meant paying our rent that month. Okay, so um, it gave me an opportunity to essentially add new service and product to a business that before was playing some songs and talking into microphones and making people dance. We're now way more than that, and that's what forced my rebrand. We were world record DJs. That was my cute little side hustle. Now we're Central Mass Productions, right? It's it's a place you go for way more than just a wedding DJ. Um, we did a virtual comedy show at our studio in Lemonster for the Girl Scouts of Central Massachusetts. They brought five comedians in. They do this for the parents every year. I guess they go to a bar and they all like have a few drinks and they raise money for the Girl Scouts of Central Mass. It's a great thing. Buy some cookies, whatever it is. They couldn't do that in person. So they came to us in Lemonster. We set up a little studio for them and the parents watched on Zoom, right? That's so innovative. It, it, That's amazing. It is what it is. You know, um, our trivia product, which we, we do in person in 20 restaurants, we couldn't anymore. So a friend of mine from college, his wife works for a development company in Kansas City. I did a two hour virtual trivia night for a bunch of people, strangers in Kansas City on Zoom. Okay. You know, your reach is so much further now, right? Because Correct. you have the ability, you pivoted to a point where Correct. I don't have to be there. You don't even have to be here. We don't have to be in the same room and I still can make everything amazing for you. Yep. That's 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 awesome. And Lauren, for you, where so much of your client base, um, you can sometimes get through meetings and face-to-face -face interactions, you know, going out to coffee shops, feeling out whether it's going to be a good fit. How do you build up your client base on a new business by yourself during the pandemic? I have a wonderful network of people who know my work, who I've worked with, who trust my work, and they were instrumental in sharing the news that I was going out on my own. Um, the Chamber was instrumental in sharing my news, um, so supportive to me. But LinkedIn was my friend. Um, we did a lot of coffee Zoom chats. Um, I actually ordered really nice stationery um, during the pandemic and I wrote handwritten notes to about 500 people with my business cards and put those in the mail during the pandemic to let people know that I've had a past relationship with. It's a lost art, good for you. That's yeah. amazing, that's um, such a great idea. <clears throat> yep, with my logo and my business card and I 
would put those in the mail and just say, you know, I haven't heard from you. I just wanted you to know that I've started my own my own journey here and, you know, I'd love to connect with you. And I will tell you that even if people couldn't connect with me or hire me or whatever, they reached out just to say congratulations. And I can't believe you're doing this. Well, you you need to to get a bigger pat on the back there though cuz what what you did there, okay? is the job description of an entry-level salesperson at a radio station where <laughs> it's like, here's the yellow, when I got started, here's the yellow pages starting the A's and call and write to every single one of these mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. So that is, uh, uh, humbling is probably the word, right? It's like, I've got to do what an entry-level salesperson would do yeah. when you've got all this experience and all this knowledge. Yeah, right? yeah. Crazy. It, it was crazy and I remember like, you know, you couldn't go to the post office to get stamps, right? So, okay, how do I get stamps? <laughs> um, I mean, you know, it's these little things that you don't think about. Yeah, um, but, you know, I would have a Zoom coffee with someone in the morning. I tried to do one or two at least at least a day um, just to, like, talk and say, you know, hey, this is what I'm doing, and it's great to reconnect with you, and, you know, how are your kids? And, you know, just have these conversations. And I think, you know, being an entrepreneur it's all about relationships, right? And your reputation precedes you. So if you have good relationships with people and you have a good reputation, they're only going to help you. Um, especially when it is so dire and they're like, are you really going out on your own during a pandemic and everything shut down? Yes, I am. Um, and it's, it's, it's humbling. It's really humbling. And I was truly honored to have the support of so many people. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, there, I very, very vividly remember a day in May where I had a major meltdown and I was like, I'm just gonna get a job. I'm just gonna not do this, I'm just gonna get a job. Um, and, and then you know, you sort of have this tinge of like, no. Yeah. I said I was gonna do this. My family sacrificed for me to, to get this done. And so many people are rooting for me. And that meant the world to me during that time. So even though I couldn't feel physically the hands on the back, um, I knew that I had a lot of hands on my back and now my business is just booming and it's just wonderful and you know I wouldn't change it for the world yeah. we, I really wouldn't I had that feeling on only on days that ended in why <laughs> it's like honey this is uh, there's a Dunkin Donuts around the corner maybe I could go pour coffee I think I'd be good at that I'm social right I mean it you really do you hit that you do you hit, especially this past year and a half you hit that wall of what am I doing and I could just go get the security blanket back on me and take the nine to five with the health insurance and the benefits and the whole nine yards and and you you, the the difference is is how you in that moment have that self-awareness to go this is I gotta let this feeling pass because what I'm building is great I'll get there I've got good people I've got good network I've got good everything and it and it is a if you build it they will come scenario yeah mm-hmm. and it certainly took a lot longer in the last 18 months to build it but um, I wish this is probably a good way, way to transition the conversation we talked about this after the the meeting uh, the ambassadors meeting more high school kids need to be given this bravery that Lauren and I have yeah they don't they're not being given. Finish the sentence okay, for me, so right? What, like, I, what I think, what we were talking about, what I think is really interesting is that so during the pandemic, more women and more people of color were entrepreneurs and started businesses than any other group in America, which I thought was amazing. Those kids of those parents 
those people who started those businesses, right. I wonder the effect that it's going to show you can be an entrepreneur because so many people did fall into that. I'm going to do corporate. I'm going to go get that job. I'm going to be that person. But entrepreneurs were like the thing of the pandemic. Like everybody was like, you know what? It's not a side hustle. I'm just going to hustle. And and I and I'm hoping <clears throat> that what we were talking about, which was kids don't see beyond college when they're in high school. Right. There's such a push for college. I would love to see that the pandemic t took a group of 13 to 17, 18 year olds and said, I don't have to do this. I have options in front right. of me. There is more options. And and the idea that we were talking about it and that is grabbing those kids and getting them a younger age and saying there's so much more out there for you than just this one thing. You know, there's this there's this constant belief and it's it's true you know corporate america is taking over the world blah 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 is the american dream dead right back in the 50s and 60s you walked down the street and there was mom and pop ownership of everything from the gas station to the coffee shop to the furniture store yeah. right the american dream is not dead it's modified you got an internet connection and a dream you can be a millionaire on monday right and that's what you're talking about is shifting and adapting and and pivoting out of necessity and it's it's refreshing to see that a group of minority people would say here's my opportunity right mm -hmm. and that mentality needs to be installed in our kids mm -hmm. otherwise mm -hmm. you're gonna you're just gonna have i don't know you don't ever want to go back to a cubicle ever again God, and no. neither do i i and don't want point. to go back to a cubicle. we're not we're human beings we're not programmed to be sitting in four walls and staring at screens all day long hey i'm with you i'm with you but you know i think what's cool is what you said it's absolutely true the world is your oyster with an internet connection so I have clients, not just in Massachusetts, across America, and I have a client in Europe. I've only met face-to-face -face out of my client roster, two of my clients, face-to-face, -face, sitting down at a right. table. Everything That's has wild. been virtual. Yeah. So, you know, taking that with a, with, with a little bit of grain of salt, right? Sure. You can do whatever you, if you have your mindset to it and you have the commitment and the dedication and the drive, if you've the, got an internet connection, right. the world is your oyster. You can be your own boss. Mm -hmm. One of the one of the silver linings for houses of worship, okay, that weren't allowed to have in person services, I capitalized on that a little bit. I must have met with, I would say, twenty five or thirty churches in New England, and <clears throat> my church, especially in, in Sterling, has this very very active and passionate congregation that could not be in person. So they start with an iPhone on a stand right on the altar then they go to the mevo streaming camera now they have the robotic you know <laughs> camera with this installed hard line right and i was crawling through the ceiling you know running audio cable whatever you plug it in on day one and there's 127 people watching on facebook and it's so and so's grandmother who moved away from from sterling and lives in florida now or so and so in vermont who just i don't know got shared the link from a friend and it opened up now you couldn't fit all of those people inside of that church so the congregation inherently got bigger because of an internet connection right the world got smaller crazy for, in in certain ways the mm -hmm. world got a little smaller crazy mm -hmm. one of the other things i wanted to talk about um and i know we mentioned kind of instilling this this drive among younger individuals to go out and and, and seize that business and start your own business what are some things that might entice them? You know, what's your favorite thing about being your own boss? Before we get into some things that they should be aware of. So, <laughs> first, you know, what are the great things about being your own boss now? It it's the it's the um, if you 
work um, in big corporate ad sales radio gig like I had, you know, right, you make a 15% commission, you know, don't kid yourself. There's pretty much a ceiling to that earning, <laughs> right? And so you're reliant on a manager who you may or may not hate that person's guts. We've all had that boss. Oh my God, did I have some doozies over the years? And I just, I had such a team sense about me. I cared less about how much money I made and more about how much everybody else made, right? That's whatever. I digress. The, the bottom line is, is now I'm 100% in control of how much money I make. 100%. I don't have, I don't get to point a finger, oh, the, the mean manager, you know, didn't give me that account or whatever it is. Nope. That all that excuse making is taken out of your life completely, and it's very, it's hard, but it's very freeing once you've made peace with it. Because now you say, well, if I want to buy that new car or go on that nice vacation, I just got to go do a Lauren day. Just sit down and write five hundred letters. I'll guarantee you, I'm going <laughs> to make like that. <laughs> no problem. Snap of a finger. But the bottom line is, is I'll go door to door and I'll shake hands, and I'm I'm good at making those connections and growing my own business organically, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not this driving daily pressure of. You got to make this many calls and you got to see this many people. I decide how much of that I want to do. Mm -hmm. um, and so definitely that at, at its core, right, that's the benefit is you are your own boss. But when you're chief cook and bottle washer, <laughs> it does it does have its drawbacks. You know, you're sitting on a beach and uh, you're on vacation and your phone rings and you look down at it and go, if I don't answer that, it's going to be a problem. Right. Now you're not on vacation. Right. And that's, I think. My next challenge personally and professionally is how to truly disconnect. Truly disconnect. I, I'm, I'm, As Lauren is I making this, a face who doesn't yep. disconnect. I, I, <laughs> I'm, this device in my hand right now, I have contemplated throwing directly into the Atlantic Ocean just to make it stop ringing. Because when you climb that initial hurdle of, I'm running my own business and you got all these people that are in your village and they're helping you. Your phone rings way more than it ever did. Yeah. And so self-care is very, very important because yeah. mentally, it's not good to be sitting on a beach working at the same time. Nope. No, and to your point, I mean, the work-life balance, that was the key to this whole thing for me. I wanted to be available. I wanted to be local. I wanted to be home. Um, you know, my vacation now, I'm like, yeah, I get, to, I get to stay home this weekend. I don't have to hop on a plane. I don't have to, you know, be fighting Logan um, Airport security at 5 a.m., Every other every other week or whatever to get on a plane and be gone for a week. So for me, it was work life balance. And Matt is one hundred percent right. I mean, yeah, you are your own boss, um, which is really empowering, but it's really stressful. Um, I had a mentor tell me in the very beginning, "You eat what you kill." So if I want to go out and make a vacation, right, to disconnect, yep. I have to somehow find the money and the wherewithal to do that. I've got two kids going, I have one kid in college, I have another kid going to college next year. I have to somehow find the wherewithal to make sure that I can support that. So yes, it comes with the benefit of that, but there's a little bit of that um, anxiety where, you know, okay, I have this many contracts for this amount of time, which is keeping me extremely busy, but I have to continue to fill my pipeline for when those contracts die down and I need to make sure that I keep my, my pipeline of income going. Well, and one of the hardest things, especially in, in my line of work, right? <clears throat> I, it dawned on me that people weren't hiring world record DJs, they were hiring me. And that's mm -hmm. two very different things, right? And so I think what I wish I had heard earlier on in the game is drawing a, a line, there's a difference, and this was very powerful. I'm trying to remember who said it to me. It was at a business journal event 
what's the difference between a business owner and an entrepreneur, right? And when you drill that down and you start to think about that, a business owner, I'm a business owner, I'm the DJ, I go out and I DJ all the weddings, right? It's when I send somebody else out to DJ that wedding for me that I become an entrepreneur. It's taking my reputation, my brand, what, I, what I'm good at, and trusting someone else to execute it for me so that I can go sit on the beach with my, with my two kids and my wife and, and actually enjoy a vacation. Yeah. That is very, very powerful once you've made that distinction. Mm-hmm. You right? ju- Lauren, you just hired someone. I did. How many so. people are now working for you? So I have, I have subcontractors yep. that work for me, so I have like six. Um, and then I do have someone that is now handling the operations of my business because I God, need, I need to breathe. Right. Matt, how many people work under you? So uh, our trivia franchise is, is the largest part of my, my business right now. I have 10 subcontracted trivia hosts. Um, and then I have right now three uh, part-time hourly people that help with our photo booth division and our wedding division, right? So um, there's no one and please, Lauren, help me um, get to a point where I have someone, even if it's for 20 hours a week, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm feverishly responding to a virtual event quote. I've got uh, my trivia laptop over here with my playlist being made because I'm hosting on Wednesday night. And then I look over and I go, oh my God, the coffee machine is empty and I haven't swept the floor. And you, you're, you're, you can, you know, you stop responding to the email and next thing you know, you're fixing the doorknob on the, you know, there's, it's, it's easy to get pulled in a thousand different directions. And I've, I'm, what I'm struggling with right now is just focus on this one task, Matt. Just get this one thing done. And so delegation in the early phases of being an entrepreneur is very, very challenging. I'm getting better at it. It's like, oh, I can sit down and design my own website. Nope. Call in Concert Web Solutions. Get them down here. Julie, come and see me. I need your help. Help me because I know you're good at what you do and I know I'm going to pay for it, but I don't have time to do all of these things. Well, that's a switch, right? You, it, it's Okay, so it's one thing to work for someone else in corporate or in any situation. It's another thing to go out on your own and now you're the boss of somebody else. Right. You're, not just an, you're not just a solo business. Now you're the boss of other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of pressure. I yeah. mean, that's a, that's a flip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think for me... I, you know, I sort of feel like my, I have three kids. I have the two kids, my two girls, and my business is my baby. And to Matt's point, to have someone come in and trust your, your brand. I mean, you, I'm building a brand, Matt has a brand. And to, to trust someone to come in and watch your brand. Um, I mean, I literally- Terrifying. It is, it's terrifying. I mean, I'm sweaty palms thinking about, (laughs) (laughs) thinking about it, right? Right. but you know, on the flip side of that, you know, to Matt's point with you know, thinking about all these things, in, in some of the, the things that you don't realize when you go into entrepreneurship or you start a business, um, I'm the CFO, I'm the CEO, I'm the operations officer, HR. I'm the IT person, yep. I'm, the, I'm the HR person. The cleaning company. I'm the cleaning company. <laughs> I learned pretty quickly that um, I didn't really wanna be all those things, so I branched out and I was like, okay, who can help me with IT? You can, okay, I'm gonna sign with you and you're gonna be my IT person. Okay, um, I need someone with my operations who can just like make sure my bills are getting paid, make sure that, okay, you have the experience and the expertise, I'm gonna meet with you and trust you. Okay, you're my operations person. Yeah. Because 
the thing is this, and I and this is something that I'm I'm like struggling with in a way is I love what I do. And do I want to be a communications professional or do I want to be a business owner? And I'm trying right now to sort of find that balance and I'm getting and I'm surrounding people that I can trust who can sort of do the business side of things while I can grow the business, while I can continue to do what I do best, which is build relationships and do my job to the best of my ability and provide really exceptional service to my clients. So by having that off my table or you know off my off my desk with someone who I can trust and say, "Hey, cat needs a photo and a headshot." That might take me 15 minutes to go do that. I can just send an email and say, "FYI, she reads it, out it goes. I don't have to worry about it." And that gives me 15 minutes to serve a client, right? It, it's, mm-hmm. it's where it's where I think early entrepreneurs fail. It's it's where failure becomes because they're unwilling to relinquish control of everything. You have to. You mm. have to. Because one of the reasons you go into business for yourself is because you want the control, it, if, right? If, like you want to have the if say. If I stopped, so I just hired, we were talking before we came in, I, I just hired Vision Payroll. I love them. I was PayPaling my subcontractors every Friday. Do you know how nauseating that? The, and then you'd have to be like, oh, wait, is that the right amount? And then if you forgot and you were a day late, you get a text from your host like, hey, can you PayPal me? You know, Taking that off of my plate. I think added five years to my life because mm-hmm. I was just, it was just one thing that I just, I always did it that way. So I kept doing it that way. Mm-hmm. It's the moment that you you realize I can't be all things to everyone in every aspect of this business. Mm-hmm. And I know that if I have more time to go introduce myself to restaurants or venues or hell, banks, right, that um, have corporate events coming up, right, those, that's, that's how you, when you bring on all these people and it adds overhead to the business, well, you gotta go out and offset that and you have to grow the revenue of the business and then and then you start to realize you got a well-oiled machine. I mean, yes. I think that that's the whole gap. That's where I'm at in my journey, yep. Yep. right? Just getting there. Yeah, so. yeah, and you know, the work-life balance too. I love going to the spa. It's just my thing. Mm-hmm. So my you know, assistant knows that if my calendar is yellow, I'm at the spa and you're gonna be in my out of office because I'm disconnecting (laughs) because I need to rejuvenate myself. And that's one of the things that I I didn't pay attention to before is the self-care part and the exercise. And I mean, I used to do triathlons. I haven't done a triathlon one in two years because of the pandemic, but I miss that and I wanna get back to that. But I wasn't able to do that in corporate because I didn't have the time. So, you know, it's finding that balance too and saying, you know, what can I offset to somebody else so I can then really enjoy life to the fullest. And Lauren, let me ask you this. Okay, let's say you added one extra spa day a week. <laughs> In my case, one extra round of golf a week. Let's say you did that. Let's say you stopped writing those letters, you stopped making those phone calls. Whatever financial fallout mm-hmm. from that is for us will be compared to March of 2020. Exactly. Where, Always. Where, Always. Where you'll just go, well, geez. Yeah. <laughs> That's your benchmark. If another uh-huh. dime didn't come through the door for the rest of this month, who cares? I survived the most ridiculous financial disaster yeah. that I could have ever been in, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was down to, I was going door to door selling thermal body temperature scanners for a production company in Worcester because I, I it was the only way I could keep the lights on. So, so yeah. Play that extra round of golf. Take that extra day at the spa, and in the morning when you wake up, and let's there's a benefit, right? I'm in charge. It's my destiny. I want to sleep in on Monday because I had three weddings on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'm sleeping in on Monday. Don't 
Phone's ringing. Nope, oh, don't answer yep. it. It's yep. okay. That's the that's the true benefit of what we do. Yeah, right? it's true. And my daughter will even say to me, oh, "You don't have to get up and go to work today." Well, I do have to get up and I do have to go to work. But if I want to, right. and I don't have any face-to-face calls or whatever, I can sit on my couch and, and write, or I can write a press release on my dining room table. Yeah. Yes, I have an office. I love my office. But sometimes. The weather's bad, it's cold, it's raw, it's rainy. You know those days when you're like working and you're like, oh, I just wish I could stay under a blanket all day and not go anywhere? Guess what? Right. You can. I can. You can. And I can still get my work done. I, so. used to dri- I used to drive from Sterling to Brighton, down route to in a manual transmission vehicle at 6.30 in the morning and on a, on a snowy day in February, let me tell you, before you could log on to Zoom and do your job, uh, you, you, th- those are the corporate job days where you go. I, I, I'm going to die doing this. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and now I get to roll up the window at seven o'clock in the morning, look outside, and go, nope, <laughs> nope, not doing it today. It's true. Okay. It's true. I'm gonna go play Mario Kart now because you know my son has a snow day and we got nothing else to do and there's no events going. So mm-hmm. it, it's. Okay. And, I, and I think too, like you know, but don't but don't abuse that. No, you right? can't abuse it, it because you if you money. abuse it, that's, that's your where business people fail fall down. You yeah. can't do that. You know, like yesterday, perfect example. You know, my daughter had a pretty tough day at school. She called me and said, "Mom, you know, can can we talk?" And I said, "Sure." And you know, I didn't have any meetings, but I had responsibilities. I had deadlines to meet. So, you know, end of the day is midnight. So I said, "Okay." I put the computer away from like two to seven. And I didn't go to bed this morning till 1.30 because I had those responsibilities that I had to get done. But I'm not, similar to not being able to disconnect, right? And that's sort of the sacrifice that you make when you go out and do this because it is just you. You also have the ability to say and juggle and use really, really strict time management on yourself to say, I have five things that I have to do by the end of the day. They have to get done. Right. How do I get to the finish line but oh, I have a crisis now with my daughter. So that means that I can be here for her during regular business hours, but my clients are gonna get their emails you know, at 11.30 at night. Yep. But and it just them. gets done. And right. they got they them got and they're done. Yeah. Right. You know, and I, you know, just do that. Definitely, when I think back now on, you know, having a full-time job and this side hustle that required me to work nights and weekends, I don't, physically, emotionally, mentally know how the heck I balanced it for so long and how my wife put up with me for so long. Because when the family vacation did come up and we were able to go away, you know, uh, it, it for myself, it was just a total like unplug from the rest of the world. And you have to, you get, again, that's maybe one of the cautionary tales I would tell people is, your wife, your children, that is priority A, right? And so what was happening to me was I was working nine to five. I was then working from five to 11 and I was working on Saturday and Sunday. And then you just become this, this workhorse and you don't take the time to be a husband, husband be a father. Mm-hmm. And so it is vital, 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 vital to make sure that that self-care is part of your entrepreneurial journey. Or otherwise, you're going to make big sacrifices or mistakes in other aspects of your life and you don't want to do that. No. Looking ahead to 2022, and I know you both kind of mentioned a few things you'd like to work on uh, for the upcoming year, but what are the bi- what's the biggest thing you'd like to do with your business moving forward in, in this coming year? Jeez. 
How much time you got? <laughs> <laughs> um, if you had to pick one major thing, just one, yeah. Yeah, I mean, my my, it's a, it's there's so many moving parts to my business. Um, we have so many different things that we do, but incredibly, um, this trivia night thing that was essential to my decision. If I didn't have weekly revenue coming in on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, because people don't get married on, well, they do now apparently, but Monday through Thursday, pre-pandemic, DJs, wedding DJs aren't out making money. And so I just have this incredible opportunity with this very, very unique franchise model business that I know has insane growth potential. And I'm not giving it enough of my energy in terms of sales and going out and doing what I'm good at, which is shaking hands and getting signatures, okay? And so back to what we were talking about, the only way I get there is to really delegate some of this operational stuff. And it might require taking on maybe a business loan and it might require you know making some big financial sacrifices in the beginning, but it's knowing what the end game is and getting to a point where the revenue can follow and I can get to a point where I'm not working as much on Saturday nights, right? Yeah. So I'd say that that's probably focus number one. And then under that is one A, B, C, D, E, F, G, <laughs> but we don't have time for that. So. And I mean, I think, you know, for 2022, I want to take a deep breath, honestly. Um, and I want to enjoy being an entrepreneur yeah, more than anything. Yeah. I think everybody wants to take a breath. I, I really do. And, you know, we've, we've been working just so hard, you know, in, mm -hmm. in building a business that I really wanna spend a couple months and just enjoy that moment and and realize and look back and say, oh my gosh, I actually did this. And I'm a viable, reputable business owner in the community where I grew up. You deserve I, to have, I have the moments. month. I have the month of February circled on my calendar as the month to do exactly that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, and that's when the phone goes right into the ocean <clears throat> and I'll get a new one in March. Yeah, you know, just yeah. And, you know, Truly I'm, disconnect. Yeah. yeah, and you know, I. It's funny. Last night I was actually talking to my husband because I, I'm going to shut my office down between Christmas and New Year's because I just want to chill out. And um, you know, one of the things I said to him, I said, "Well, you know, but we have to go in and organize my office for 2022 that week." And he goes, "Well, you said you, we weren't working. Well, no, we're really working, but it's. I want to. I'm. I'm an organizational." mess and I need to make sure I'm organized and I'm ready to go and my files for 2021 are put here and my files for 2022 are ready to go so that way when I come in on January 2nd 3rd whatever I'm 2020 2022 all the way mm -hmm. and 2021's in the rearview mirror and we can move on so for me it's really take I, I want to stop and smell the roses and I, I want to take a pause and, and really try to connect especially with I'd love to meet some of my clients in person. Sure, I really sure. would. Yeah. And if that means I have to get on a plane and, and go and, and meet them, I would love to do that in 2022 too, because you know, I'm helping businesses grow themselves too with what I'm doing while I'm growing my own business. But you know, several, several of my clients are entrepreneurs too. And so I'm learning from them as we go through this process. But on the flip side of that, I would, I'd love to just meet them and have coffee and be like, you know, yeah, we've been together for a year. Let's the other, the let's other, chill out. The other, yeah. thing too, the other thing too I would say is I don't think um, entrepreneurs take enough time to self-educate. So I'm going to a trade show in Las Vegas. It's called the Mobile Entertainment Expo. It's been rebranded from what it used to be. But I went to it in 2016 and it was one of those like, you know, uh, 
you know the movie Yes Man? Yeah. Like you go to the thing and yes man, yes, right? And you you like you come out of this trade show four straight days of just talking to all these really insightful, bright, successful, you know, event entrepreneurs and you're ready to run through a damn wall. And so I think that, you know, um, writing that off on the business and going to Las Vegas for a week and not treating it like a trip to Las Vegas, but treating it like a an, an educational event, mm-hmm. that's something I want to put priority on. Mm-hmm. You know, understanding new contact management systems, understanding trends in the industry, understanding, you know, how this guy succeeded and why that guy failed, et cetera, et cetera. I think that that's mm-hmm. vital to your growth of your company, mm-hmm. you know, because you're not, you're, you're not, you're doing yourself a disservice. I don't understand why people go and get MBAs. You know, I think every kid should graduate from college and go directly into an advertising sales job. They should be told if you want to make $75,000 a year, you've got to make 500 phone calls a day and you'll and you'll get an MBA in the streets almost, right? You'll learn kind of on the fly because um, with an internet connection and all this information at the tip of your thumbs, you can teach yourself how to do anything now. You just have to have that motivation. And so that's a priority for me big time. And I think, you know, to the professional development side. So I latched on to the Public Relations Society of America Independent Practitioners Alliance very early on in my journey. And they've honestly become my family. We call each other the unofficial board of directors because I know that there's a very select maybe dozen people that I know day or night I can call and say, I have a question about my business and I don't know how to handle this. And they're like, yep, this is what you're gonna do. Mm-hmm. And it's like my security blanket. Yeah, that's great. So what was really humbling for me is, okay, so here I am, you know, yeah, I've got 20 something years of experience in PR and communications. I've got going on to 18 months, I guess, of being an entrepreneur and having my business. Um, so we actually had a little small get together of our group down in Florida in October. And I am now going to chair the National nice. Independent See, Practitioners Alliance group and lead these these wonderful people um, in our section with the Public Relations Society of America in 2022. And we're kicking off going to Orlando nice. in January. It's a major badge of honor for your business. And yeah. it's not making you money. No, it's right? not. But, but, it's, but it, it positions you as a leader in your right. industry, right. and that is huge. Right. You, know, you, it's, you, you both talked about the fact that you both had villages behind you. Mm-hmm. And the idea, there's, there's a group, there's a support group for everybody out there and for every business type and for every industry. Family, friends. It doesn't, right. And, mm-hmm. and, and it could be professional. professional, like you're saying, it could be yep. professional as yep. well. You're, the villages are really big. Yep. Mm-hmm. You guys' villages are really big. And that's that's a huge um, support. My hair stands get. up when I think of the unexpected um, sources of unbelievable generosity. And it, it really is. You you learn a lot about yourself, your family, and your village when yes, you do. pandemic hits you in the face. Yes, you do. Now, before we let you go, uh, you've both been talking about your businesses. So where can our listeners go to find out more about the services you provide? Uh, So my website is hopefully um, (laughs) going to be launched, but we just have a basic contact page up right now as it's being built. But centralmaproductions.com, all that uh, communication channels right to me. Um, And then between our Facebook page and all that. But um, hopefully that new website will be up and it'll have a real rounded out. We learned a lot about what we offer now. You know, we're more, like I said, we're more than just a DJ company. So um, drilling down what the heck it is we actually do now has been a long process. Um, But um, CMP, we're in Lemonster Plaza. Um, We have nice physical meeting space uh, now too. We're building out uh, a podcast studio. Yeah. Um, We're doing all this cool stuff. So again, centralmaproductions.com is the best way to find us. 
Yeah, and I can be reached online um, and also downtown Lemonstar at 20 Main Street. Um, and my website is www.empowered. So it's E M P H O W E R E D P R.com. And on behalf of Kat Deal and myself, Travis Condon, you have been listening to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Inside North Central Massachusetts. This podcast is produced by the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce. For more information on this episode, links to other episodes on Podbean, or if you have any questions, please visit northcentralmass.com.